Welcome to Dudes All Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1996's Primal Fear, directed by Gregory Hoblet and starring Richard Gere and Laura Linney. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? Uh, there was a remake of The Boys in the Band, and it came out in 2021. And um, it had been a, it's based on a revival on Broadway of the play, and Jim Parsons and uh, Matt Bomer were in it. Okay. And then they, they did the film on Netflix. And uh, Mark Crowley wrote the screenplay. And, you know, uh, he was like integral to the production. And it's really good. It's fantastic. I would recommend it to everyone. Um, see the original, of course. Okay. Uh, but then see the remake that came out 50 years later that still takes place in 1968 and is the exact same script. Um, and it's with an all uh, gay cast this time. Okay. So, yeah, very cool. That's awesome. So it's um, they didn't change any dialogue to modernize it or anything. So there, there's one there's one moment where a character is about to use a racial slur, okay. and he gets cut off. Ah. So they still have to, they still leave it in there. So like it's still like the same characterization, right. but they just don't like have the person be humiliated with That's you good. know the yeah it, it was that was the only thing that I could name that like definitely they 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 changed for modern you know uh, sensitivity. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Yep. I checked out the fog. John Carpenter's The Fog. Nice. It's been, it has been many a year since I've seen this film. Right. Um, so if you guys don't know, he made this after Halloween and before The Thing. And it's it's like an atmospheric you know, campfire tale ghost story about these pirates who crashed and uh, is coming back for revenge, that kind of stuff, in this small town on the coast. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's really atmospheric but it's got kind of a thin plot to it <laughs> there's not much there yes. really like it like <laughs> what i just said is what happens like, <laughs> um, but it, it is it's that john carpenter feel though he's got he did the score so it's got that that little piano synthesizer song and uh the the really dark moody visuals and imagery i think dean cundy shot it also yeah. like it is beautiful it's a good looking film i think it just came out on 4k also but um I mean, it it is a good time to watch, but it it's not as good as some of his other stuff. But it's still something that you know worth enjoying, especially around Halloween time. You know, it yes. gives you that creepy mystery that you're looking for, almost Scooby Doo feeling in a way. That's true. I know. Yeah. And there's a couple things too, like I between that House and Sorority Row, I think, and Halloween Three. Tom Atkins was like the biggest star on earth. For oh my a minute, gosh, you know? I know, dude. He was just all over the place. I'm like, what is he doing in this film, man? He's picking up Jamie Lee Curtis, <laughs> Hitchcock, and I then mean, he's what? just he's he's got her around his arm the whole film. He had the best <laughs> luck in in the movies around that time. I, mean, I he know, just right? was like really on fire, and uh, and then like I, he doesn't I think have the, that mustache yet. I know exactly okay. that 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 when that's missing, like that is that is a big part of the Tom Atkins experience. <laughs> yes. but like um, also just Adrian Barbeau. Um, oh man, like she has like kind of our dream job. Right, you know, just late night DJ. I mean, it doesn't exist she's anymore. Of course, this awesome but... like mute jazz music. Yeah, and she's yeah. got that sultry DJ voice. And I mean, know, the... hang out with me for the rest of the night, dude. The yeah. the <laughs> she is yeah. Like I think that like John Carpenter must have just also just like Tom Atkins. Oh yeah. But how did I achieve this? <laughs> like how, how did I get her? Right. You know. Right. Yeah. And so she's gonna be the star of my movies, and I'm just gonna like tell the whole world, look who I'm married to. Yep. You know? And that's the fog, everybody. So <laughs> check it out if you haven't. Um, it's worth at least a watch once. Yes. Go for it. 
All right, so now let's talk about Primal Fear, Dave. Why don't you give everyone a synopsis? Sure. Uh, so this is a story in which a high-profile defense attorney who craves money and media attention takes the case of an altar boy who's been accused of murdering the Archbishop of Chicago. Um, it touches on a lot of themes, including psychopathy, uh, the broken U.S. justice system, as well as political corruption and how people with no resources are always made to suffer. And um, so it's a genre movie from the 90s that I've seen many times. So I'm looking forward to going through it. I was just about to add, this is what you want in the 90s. Like, yeah. This is what they gave you. You know, these, like my note I wrote was, I love this shit. Because <laughs> yes. it's this 90s crime thriller for adults. Man. And, it, you know. <laughs> It might get a little Oscar buzz, maybe a nomination, maybe no nominations, yeah. you know, but, you know, just because it's the 90s and that's what we give it to. <laughs> but, dude, it's just got this feel to it. I love these movies. I mean, when you think about, like, what's missing in cinema today, I mean, there are artistic movies that are made and then there's, like, you know, comic book movies that are made. And I think this might be kind of the missing element is, like, mid-range um yeah, <laughs> like like genre filmmaking that's not personal, but it's still pretty good. And it's like, you know, the great entertainment of the day. It's a comfort food. Absolutely. Really. Like, I, I just ate this up. I'd never seen it, Dave. This oh, was my oh. first time. Okay, well, yep. gosh, that's great. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I was uh, in for some surprises. I'm I'm glad that you went into it cold, too. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that's in, And I mean, when do we reveal... The end. I mean, is is it worth like talking about now, or should I, we no, like you I know think put it we off? We can we can try to do it near the end. If we if it pops up, it does. You know. Okay. You know, everybody who listens to this should know. There's spoilers throughout. Yes. Always. You know. Yes. We don't even announce it. We never have before. Exactly. <laughs> even, even movies like this that like hinge on the spoiler, we, yeah. we just kind of just go through it. But yeah, anybody yeah. look, any, everyone will just give you a quick disclaimer if you if you want to see this movie and you, you don't want to be spoiled, stop the podcast now and yeah. come back after you've seen it. Even if you're spoiled, I think it still would be a great watch. Yes. But uh, some of the impact might go away. Yes. But anyway, we start off with with the part of the film I called the beginning stuff. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> go there, on. there is a uh, Richard Gear plays uh martin vale he's the hotshot lawyer you you mentioned yeah and he's being interviewed by what time magazine or something i have no clue chicago magazine chicago magazine yeah this guy's following him like throughout the movie kind of jumping in you know asking him questions and stuff um so he's interviewing him uh and he tells him like there's there's only one version of the truth it's my version you know which how cocky of a lawyer are you you know Yeah. yeah yeah so that that sets the character right there we know who we're getting here and it's a, a great commentary on our justice system, of course. Yes. You know, the idea that, like, you know, someone's fate, their very lives hang in the balance, and it's because of arrogant yeah. men like this, who, like, there's only one version of the truth, mine. <laughs> got it, dude. I mean, got it. That's I, right. If, if I can afford you, I'm okay. If not, well, I'm in jail for the rest of my life. Perfect. Yep. Great yeah. system, everybody. Right. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's writing an article and he tells him oh this. Oh my God. It's got to be in the biggest publication in the city. Exactly. And he's basically saying, I do what the fuck I want, uh, okay? And everybody takes my shit. Uh, <laughs> man, it's just like, and and I mean, lawyers are an invaluable <laughs> part of, of, of what we, of obviously, you know, our everyday lives. And yeah. then, like, they are necessary to, you know, make sure that people don't get screwed over. But like, um, that they have this much power and they are as gods and this thirsty reporter will, will like tail him even after the stories come out. Yeah. 
Like mm-hmm. the the piece is done, and he's still showing up at that bar to like you know uh, yeah. ask him questions, asking him all kinds of questions. Yeah, dude. ridiculous. Um, so we got the interview. He's leaving to go to some big banquet. You know, everyone's there, all the high society people, yeah. important people in Chicago, <laughs> all all these lawyers. You know, the archbishop is there. I guess it's a fundraiser. Yes. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's some kind of like you know event that happens every year for the archbishop, and he's brought in his his boys choir with him, um, and in the in the um, the montage where you're seeing like the city and then uh, there's kind of like a, a shadow of what's going on at the at the gala. Yeah, you, you see the uh, you see Edward Norton in in singing in the in the choir. Yeah, um, and when you get there, yeah, it's a big social brouhaha. You know, like black tie and and um, it's everybody's got their hands out. Yeah, everyone's ass grabbing each other. Exactly. You know? um, and we meet Laura Linney who is there, and they they kind of see each other, and yep, uh, she gets this oh fuck look on her face <laughs> because obviously something happened between the two of them uh-huh. and we know right away <laughs> um and she's sitting there with like um john mahoney and terry o'quinn uh-huh. i love terry o'quinn in the 90s like he's he's thin and bald and has that pencil mustache yes. like and he's intimidating i know <laughs> i know you, you ever see the stepfather oh yeah dude, dude. that's a freaking wild ride yep. i mean wow <laughs> Um, but yeah, Laura Linney, this was not her film debut, but I missed Congo in its initial run. So this is the first time I saw her. Oh, I anything. saw Congo in theaters, baby. Dude, wow. Okay. I got well, my for you. Mountain Dew cup from Taco Bell <laughs> and went and saw it, dude. <laughs> Excellent, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's a hell of a tie-in. It was a letdown. <laughs> I bet I bet it and was. And I watched it like a few years ago. It was still a letdown. Yes, I, I watched it after it came out. I was also <laughs> entirely let down. I, not even with my Taco Bell tie-in. I got Congoed twice, Dave. I mean, <laughs> <Right>. it sucked. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Laura Linney, um, she is, she plays Janet Venable, um, the, the state's prosecutor mm-hmm. and, um, like the, the, the whole thing of every time Richard Gere and Laura Linney are on screen together in this movie, he is trying to put the moves on her. Yeah. Um, and he's doing it like, I don't know. There are very few actors who pull off smug as much as Richard Gere. Yeah, you he's, know, he's built a career on it. I mean, yes, exactly. He he's he's been like sometimes he'll give you this truly insincere smile, and like at certain stages of your life, you might be charmed by it. I'm yeah. not charmed now. Yeah, you neither know. is Laura Linney. No, but a little bit. That's the thing. It's always you know? like she's like 25 percent willing to go for it, but then she realizes, oh wait, th- this would ruin my life. Right, I'm, I'm gonna you know pass. Like she here just mentions it. He's like trying to seduce her at the bar. Yeah, and. She's like, no, get the fuck away from me, essentially. Yes. Uh, she doesn't say it like that. <laughs> right. She's like, it was a one-night stand. He says, it was six months. And she goes, well, yeah, it basically was a one-night stand. So one-night well stand that lasted six months. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I really love their dynamic. Mm-hmm. I, it is so good. I love how he's so smug, <laughs> and I love how she's so put off by it. But she's still interested. Yeah. But she's smart enough not to give in. It's yeah. It's it's real. It's real good tension between yeah. the two of them. And I love how amused he is by her like giving him shit. Well, and what he loves the most about it is she gives it back to him. Right. She's not taking his shit. Every girl he probably goes out with is just swooning over him. Sure. Probably it's yeah. Richard Gear for Christ's sake. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and she's not having any of it. No. But I think she's attracted to him also being intelligent enough to like stand up to her and 
keep up with her, you know, yeah. intelligence wise. Yes, of course. I mean, like, ideally, she would love it if he weren't so arrogant. Like, yes, if he, if he ideally, was a, if he was a good man, then she would be like, you know, totally down to, to be with this guy. But but she knows like the ugly side of him. Um, yeah. And and it's weird. It, it's a weird, ugly side because it's just like someone who um, has such an inflated sense of who they are. Yeah. And then the world kind of like reaffirms it for them. Instead of like knocking him down, they, they, I mean, you, you see him like outside the, the court, the courthouse, like on the first day of the trial and that WGN reporter comes up, Marty, you're a master at putting the victim on trial. <laughs> Imagine doing that as a reporter, walking up to someone yeah. like the subject of your news and telling them that they're a master of something. <laughs> you don't do that. That the whole point of your job is to be like actually questioning authority. Yeah. You need to be objective. Exactly. And hold people accountable. <laughs> Uh, yeah right man yeah wow. great reporting guys <laughs> yes, exactly um <laughs> but yeah so we find out their history the archbishops here they're I, I think there's a conversation between um uh martin vale and like shaughnessy yes i think because he used to work for them i think yes martin vale was a prosecutor at one point yeah. so like they have that relationship and that's how he knew like laura linney's character um and that's how he knew shaughnessy yeah and they're they're talking about like the Joey Pinero case, yeah. And they're you know uh, John Mahoney uh, Shaughnessy says you know yeah come to my office tomorrow and we'll and we'll we'll hammer it out. Um, so yeah, they're they're in in addition to everybody glad handing, they're also like actually making deals, right? Yeah, they're, they're always on the clock. Yes, all these people. Yes. Um, yeah, and they so we see a meet and they I guess uh, who is it? What's the guy Pin- Pinero? Yeah, is Joey that the Pinero, guy? Stephen Bauer's character. Yeah, so they're he's kind of like I guess. A crime boss? Yeah, he's a crime boss. Yeah. Like, probably, like, you know, just he's the the boss yeah. of some gang in, in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's going to settle this lawsuit for uh, $1.5 million. Yep. And as as Martin Vale's walking out, Shaughnessy reminds him, you get 40%, right? You know, I'm <laughs> yes. sure he's going to uh, yes. accept your offer. You sure, know? exactly. Just digging it in like, yeah, you fucking money-grubbing, <laughs> spotlight-loving I know. asshole. Yeah. I know. Terry well, O'Quinn Shaughnessy's has, not much better. No, Shaughnessy <laughs> is just as bad, yeah. no doubt about it. But he's like, worse. Um, yeah, he is. He's worse. Because he's in a place where he's supposed to be incorruptible. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, a defense lawyer is, is obviously, they, they are getting into an arrangement where they, they know that they could be, like, you know, exonerating someone who's guilty, you know? Right, yeah. Um, but, like, um, actually, you know what? I just realized I, I prosecutors engage in kind of the same... Uh, you know, devil's bargain. I mean, well, like, yeah, it's all of them. You know, they, they don't know if the person's actually guilty. Their job is to make a case. Right. You know, uh, whether that's right or wrong. I mean, it's just right. like my job is to convict you their, and his job is to, you know, the opposite. Their, dro- their job is to get their truth to be believed. <sighs> and, yes. and one of them makes... Uh, <laughs> either a, lawyer, either uh, yes, side. Exactly. That's their job. And, and the one the one side of the truth makes 10 times the money the, as the other one does. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, pretty... Oh God! It doesn't I, make sense. No, it, it, Come sir, on, it certainly doesn't. Yeah, God, God help this me. This is America. If I'm ever accused of a crime. Okay, yeah, this is America. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going anywhere with that. Right. Um, <laughs> but after this, um, we see the Archbishop back in his hotel room, and he's. It looks like he's getting out of the shower or something. Right? It's his actual house. It's his house. Yes. Okay. It's a nice house. Yes. Dude. Quite so. I mean, like the Archbishop lives quite well. Don't don't even worry about they, it. Don't they all? Exactly. Um, yes. And we see someone pull out a knife and chop his fingers off, Whew. which is awesome. The murder is brutal. It's great. I mean, and, uh, uh, the, I remember an actual gasp in the audience. 
He you pulls know. his hand back, and the fingers just lie there on the table, and blood is just squirting out of wow. all five fingers. Actually, it's like three and a half. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a rough one. It is. I mean, between <laughs> this and bound, hand trauma is now the new dude's trope. <laughs> it is. You know, and, and I'll take it. I'll take it. It's yep. better than some of the other stuff. It sure is. Um, but uh, <laughs> he also gets, you know, completely murdered, as we find out later. Right. Stabbed 78 times and stabbed in the genitals, mm-hmm. eyes gouged out, yeah, uh, numbers carved into his chest. So he is mutilated, yes. this guy. S- someone was pretty mad at him. Um, and as uh, Martin Vale is telling uh, Pinheiro, you know, take the offer, all this, he sees the... This guy running, it's Edward Norton, right? The is this okay? Well, so he he went to he went to Joey Pinero's to like tell him about the offer. Yeah, I mean, he sees the he sees Edward Norton running on TV. Oh, it's on the in, TV in right. the bar. Yeah, that's like right. later on. You, before that, when he when he is at Pinero's place, um, part of the deal that the state was offering oh, yeah. was a million five, and you have to leave the state. Yeah. Um, and Martin Vale like rightly tells him you can't enforce that. You can't tell a citizen where he can live. And, you know, Shaughnessy says, well, it'll just be a gentleman's agreement then. Yeah. And so he tells Pinheiro what what they're offering. And, you know, Joey Pinheiro rightly was like, no, no, no goddamn way. You know, and he says yeah. he talks about all the stuff he does for the community. Like, um, yeah, he's he's a crime boss. But right. like he's essentially like the, the only person looking out for a lot, a large segment of the population. Exactly. Because there's all these like. Uh, real estate deals that are supposed to be tearing all the houses down yes. to build condos and yes. shit and get rid of all the people that are here. And he's, he's preventing that. Exactly. He and bought he, a bunch of land to, to make that, to yeah. make sure that didn't happen. Yeah. So yeah, he sees Edward Norton on the TV running. Yes. He's covered in blood. All of Chicago's after him because the archbishop just got murdered. Right. Um, and he, they find him hiding and cowering under like a train track somewhere. Right. Um, and he, he, then he's in jail. So. Yes. And um, like Martin Vale, he calls his his uh, his office and he tells them, you know, um, I'm going to take this case. Why did he take this case? Why do you think he took this case? Because it's so high profile that it's just going to be more spotlight and that's, more fame. That, that's what it is. Because the yeah. first time I saw it, too, I asked myself the same question. Like, why is he, uh, you know, a big shot attorney? Right. Like the whole point and he's of doing like, it pro bono. But that's but that's my right. my whole thing is that like I I didn't know that like at the time that like lawyers would do this right you yeah know? no money right yeah but um then I found out that it it actually happens quite often yeah um, if that they will take high profile cases um because they can afford to like they have so much money they've made so much money from their other clients right that they can devote you know like months uh to a, a case that's not going to make them any money. Because right. it's high profile. And their name is going to be on this case and everyone's going to know it. Daily. And then everyone's going to be like, I want Vale. Yep. I want him. Yep. I mean, if, if he gets this guy exonerated, I mean, like, he's a hero to, you know, like, everybody who's ever committed a crime is going to be like, that's the guy. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yes. You know? <laughs> because the evidence <laughs> seems pretty obvious. I mean, he's covered in blood running yeah. through the city. Yeah. Um, and, and Martin asks him that exact question. Like, why did you run? It turns out the guy's name is Aaron Stampler and he's played by, uh, Edward Norton. Um, and he says, why did you run Aaron? And he said, well, you know, when I got, when I, uh, came to, I was covered in blood. He said that he'd passed out. Yeah. He, he was lost at the crime the time. scene, lost the time. Um, and Aaron is, is 
obviously not from around here. He's got a real thick Southern accent. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like we find out he's, he's, he came here from Kentucky. Um, he didn't have any money and he was brought in by the archbishop to this place like called savior house, which is like a, you know, a refuge. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you're supposed to, uh, leave when you're 18, but, but he let him stay well past his 18th birthday. Um, and he says that like the bishop was a father to him and, uh, that he, he didn't do this and, he doesn't know what happened, but like there was someone else in the room. Right. He saw a shadowy figure, someone there, and he kind of just lost. He blacks out. He says yes. he has spells. Yes. You know, ever since he was young. Yes. And he calls it losing the time. He says, I lost the time. Yeah. He's on the case. Uh, and then Janet uh, Venerable. Venable? Venable? I forget her name. But, it's Venable. But yeah. Um, Laura Linney's character. She gets the other side of the case. Shaughnessy and Yancey are like saying, hey, you should take this. We want you to do it, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and they're they're telling her all this in the office. And she's like, well, do I get full control of do what it ha- what do what I have to do, you know? And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. But they're like putting this weird pressure on her, you know? Right. Like, hey, we got to put this guy away. We've got to get the death penalty. And I want the all- death penalty. Yeah. yeah. Like, and they're really pressuring her. And she's like, well, shouldn't we do this? And but, no, no, we want the death penalty. And, you know, she asked the question, you know, like, uh, well, okay, so I'm your, because, because Shaughnessy says, you know, uh, they had asked me who my best man was and I told him it was you. And she's like, well, thank you for the, for the vote of confidence, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, but, um, you know, if this is so open and shut, you don't need me. And, um, they're like, well, he doesn't have a public defender. And yeah, then she finds out, okay, it's, she's going up against Martin Vale. Dang it. And she rolls her eyes again. Yeah, exactly. And yep. Because she knows, without even talking to him, what this is about for him. Yeah. She was assigned the case. He was not. He volunteered for it because he has to see his face on television. Yep. Um, When he goes home, like, after he um, is retained, like, the first thing he does is turn on the TV. He puts the CD that Joey Pinheiro gave him on Uh so he can hear the song again. And then he turns on the TV and he's flipping the channels to see who's covering the the thing. And he stops when it's, when he sees his own face. And then there's another channel and he's like, actually like, like kind of, uh, you know, checking other places to see who's talking about it. I mean, like he wants to be on television. You're you're so right. You know, I didn't pick that aspect up, though. I thought he, it was just, you know, the case is here. Everyone in the city's talking about oh, it. Oh, yeah. But no, he's self-interested. Exactly. That's, it's You're right. He, it's what he cares. It's just food for him. Yeah. Um, and I, I can't imagine, like, <laughs> look, I've had arrogant moments in my life <laughs> many, many times, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but not like this. I, yeah. I don't think I've, I've ever, like, been quite this up my own ass. Yeah, and even when Martin and Janet meet, you know, to talk about it, she says, "Well, you chasing headlines, Marty?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course he is. Yes, I mean <laughs> that that that's what he does. Yeah. It, it's all he knows. She's got him figured out, right? Um, yeah. So, and, and at the arraignment or whatever, he he tells <laughs> um, Edward Norton to plead the fifth about what happened about or, the ab- plea about the plea. Yes, can you even do that? I didn't know you could, <laughs> um, but Janet, right. uh, Janet I, tells him it was a brilliant strategy, so I guess you can. He pleads the fifth on whether he's guilty or innocent. And Alfre Woodard plays the judge, and she says, you know, uh, the defendant is taking the fifth over whether or not he understands the charges against him. And he says, yeah. yes, Your Honor. Because he wants a full psychological evaluation. Yes. Which, why doesn't it happen? 
I don't know until why. like halfway through the trial. Okay, that's a good question. You're right. You're right. That, 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 that is a good question. It doesn't happen like the day after the, the arraignment. The whole thing of, of the of the wanting to get the psych profile in, you know, they bring in Frances McDormand and she is going to like tape their sessions. And this is when you get to really see like, uh, you know, Edward Norton. Um, yeah. His, his performance is starting to take shape. Right. Yeah. He was nominated for a best supporting role. Yes. At the Academy Awards for this. This was um, his film debut. Yeah. And in his first movie, he, he gets an Academy Award nomination. Yeah. And deservedly so, as we'll see throughout the movie. I mean, like, it yeah. is quite a performance. And, like, his, uh, what happens at the end, obviously, is, is what most people talk about. But to see him um, do the transformation, you know, at various points throughout right. the movie, I yeah. mean, like, even without the transformations, it's still a really good performance when he's just doing his regular Aaron Stampler thing. Right. Yeah. So during. These tapes with Molly as the character Frances McDormand plays. Yes. So Molly is taping her interviews with um, Edward Norton, Aaron. And throughout this process, she's asking about his past. His girlfriend was, did you have a sexual relationship? Asking him all these questions he doesn't want to answer. Mm -hmm. He he is getting really flustered and upset. Not like angry upset, but like he can't control what he's thinking. Like, And, and he, he doesn't know what to do. And he um, snaps. He, he has a split personality, we find out. Mm-hmm. Once he reaches that breaking point, he becomes Roy, who is the total opposite of him, of Aaron. So Edward Norton is playing Aaron and Roy. Yes. Polar spectrum. Right. Um, and, and this is why his performance is so great, because it's so dynamic. Um, and Roy is kind of that, you know, in-your-face Edward Norton we get all the time, you know? He's a tough guy. Yeah, he's a tough guy. Right. Uh, but the uh, Aaron is the the meek, you know, cowardly, um, polite, you know, southern boy. Yes, of course. Yeah. So it's it's a great range of character he gets to play here. I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, f- to have this be like your your initial uh, foray yeah. into screen acting is like they're giving you this role. And it's his like, audition must have killed it. Yeah, I know. He 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 must have really outclassed a whole bunch of known people because I'm sure I'm sure he was not like he was probably the least famous person at the audition. The the DiCaprio audition for this? Uh, I imagine he <laughs> must it he must have been offered to him or something, probably. you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um yeah, so that that's what we're talking about when we're talking about Edward Norton in this film. Right. He plays Aaron and Roy. Yeah. You know? Same person, different personalities. Yes. Um and you know, uh, the 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 whole thing of the split uh psyche is important, you know, for later on. Um especially when it comes to like uh just the the even apart from the professional medical analysis, the whole thing of like being a sociopath, you know. Um, yeah. It's it's a lot about pretending, you know, and showing one face to the world. Yeah. And um, part of the part of the false face is referenced in like a Nathaniel Hawthorne passage. Scarlet Letter. Yes. Um, it said that the I can't remember the exact quote. I should have written it down, but it's essentially, you know, a man cannot show one face to the world um, for too long because he'll become, you know, like he'll, he'll start to get confused about which face is real. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the page reference is carved into the archbishop's chest. Right. Yeah. And they're, they're trying to figure out what this carving is. Yes. Like the investigators are and the lawyers and, um, the prosecution figures out it's the passage, right? Right. But the defense veils team 
thinks it's a reference to some like charitable organization or something like that. Yeah, Andre Brower and Maura Tierney really dropped the ball they here. They do, man. You know. Um yeah, cuz this this uh just sideswipes him in the middle of the trial. I mean, and he's pissed. You he gets really mad. He yes. looks right back at them I while know. they're sitting there and they're like, "Oh shit." I know exactly. <laughs> and then they're out like when when they're on recess, like he's out there in the lobby like just yelling I'm like, "I want you to do your fucking job. Yeah, I want you to do your goddamn yeah. fucking job, yeah, dude." Man, it's great. It's awesome. He really gives him a good dressing down. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And I mean, I I don't <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I don't condone people yelling at people like this, but it's just entertaining when Richard Gere does it. It is. It's awesome. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like how was I supposed to know he had a secret library with blah blah? Uh, yes. It's like Oh, dude, and he oh, he he gives it to them both, and it's like, <laughs> okay, I kind of get it, but I know. like, yeah, right. That's why you're there. You're supposed to figure that stuff out. But exactly. I mean, yeah, because I mean, like, because yeah, Laura Linney's team decoded this. They 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 figured it out, and and I mean, like that it was that it was in the like when we see that like the bishop's library, the bishop's library is in the bishop's room. I mean, it's right there. Yeah, you know, like they 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 could have just gone to the book and said, oh, this is a passage in Hawthorne. Right. Yeah. And and right before, like, kind of before this, like, because they found this charitable organization, he saw, like, that uh, Shaughnessy is, like, involved in it, too. Yeah. So he's like, why the fuck is Shaughnessy involved with this thing? And, right. And it's, like, about, like, housing projects and these kind of things. And that's not something that Martin Vale ever congratulates Maura Tierney for. Because mm-hmm. even though it ends up being that, like, he didn't get the, the, the book right. passage correct, she didn't get the book passage correct, she uncovered this whole thing with the charity right there's like a conspiracy going on yes and it was because the the archbishop all all this land that was that was surrounding the church like you know like however many city blocks was being bought up by shaughnessy and other people in this uh foundation Mm -hmm. and they were going to put a bunch of you know like uh uh fancy condos there yeah and they were going to take all the people who were living there and you know move them somewhere else it's exactly what pinero was saying he's fighting exactly it's the same exact fucking thing. Yes. <laughs> and this uh, this politician, um, uh, Alderman Martinez, uh, Tony Plana, last yeah. seen on our show playing Jefe from Three Amigos, yep. um, plays this alderman. And I like his inclusion here because it speaks to me, not only is his presence part of the story, but I also really don't like it when people, like just in everyday life, cynically say, there's no good politicians. Everybody on both sides are corrupt. Um, I know it can feel that way sometimes, but yeah. people like Alderman Martinez do exist. And it's important that the good work they do isn't forgotten. Um, they speak truth to power and they really do try to do right by people. So one thing I really appreciate about this film, this like genre film from the 90s, um, is it gives us a political figure that we can actually respect. Yeah. And what his part in this story is, he went to the archbishop, who was also a partner in this, who was buying up land just like Shaughnessy right. was, like in cahoots with him and said, he, his exact quote were, what are you doing to these people? They're sick, they're poor, and they're Catholic. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, God damn, yeah, that's great. Exactly. You know, like, yes. Our- Aren't you supposed to be helping them? Right. Isn't that what you've dedicated your entire life to? Mm. And yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. That is that is exactly the oath he took was <laughs> if he was supposed to help people. This apartment or this house he's got is awesome. He lives in absolute luxury. It's a uh, compound. He took a vow of poverty and look look how he's living. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's beyond obscene. Yep. And he's not the only cardinal of, or archbishop no, or whatever who lives this way, not, obviously. Yes. They all do. And that's what's disgusting about it. But, like, you know, it's it's going to take 
Wait, they all need an Alderman Martinez to get in their face and say, yeah. hey, you know, people out there who pray and, and, and are trying to make their lives better, you need to help them. Yep. You know? Yep. And, um, yeah. And, like, so, like, Vale confronts Shaughnessy even about it. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's kind of, like, giving him, like, underhanded threats, you know, yes. about it. Like the, I, When they're at their dinner? Like, I know. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then um, I love it because fucking uh, Shaughnessy's, like, Right, right when Martin's about to leave, he's like, "Do not fuck with me, Marty." <laughs> <laughs> he gives him this look, his eyes. Dude, man. I'm so glad you brought up the eyes because I mean, the John Mahoney gives Dude, an excellent withering glare. The John Mahoney stare. Whew. Oh, baby, you don't want that guy pissed off at you. No, I mean, like, because he he looks like he looks like an authority figure who could really damage your life. Yeah, and he just has this like snake eyed, you know, like I mean, it yeah. is like all there. He is going to fuck you up. Yep, you know. Yep, I don't know what it is. But I know yeah, it, he, the way he sits and holds yeah. himself. And he went through that whole thing too, <laughs> where he was like, you know, talking about like, you know, hey, you know, uh, this city, uh, it it runs itself. But when things go wrong, they call me. And he's eating his egg rolls while oh he's giving God, this speech. Yeah. And you look at like Martin just kind of looking at him and like. He says to him, just full on calls him out. He says, John, you need some new material. I've heard this city run itself <laughs> speech a million times. And like, Shaughnessy is so pissed. Right. Like, how dare you? <laughs> and at the time when I was watching it, I was like, I mean, I was pretty young and I, and I thought, oh man, dude, you shouldn't say that to that guy. But no, no, you definitely <laughs> should say this to this guy. Because like, as far as inflated sense of self, yeah, Martin has it because he's rich and powerful. Yeah. Um, Shaughnessy is also rich and powerful, but he's also then got like Washington blowing smoke up his ass. Yeah. So he also needs to be told, uh, you're in, you're really a lot less significant than you think you are. Yeah. I, I think Martin Vale likes the the fame. Sure. And like Shaughnessy likes the power. Yes. You yes. know, there's a difference in that vanity. Absolutely. Like, like, cause I mean, Fame is not even something he craves. He just like, yeah, power. He is likes like, the attention. Yeah. 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 And power, it just comes with like, it, it's weird when, you know, like someone will uh, think that like a, an elected official is really powerful and they are, they have a lot of authority, but the people who actually keep them in power are the ones who are truly powerful. Yeah. And, and there's, there's like another guy who's a friend of Aaron, right? What's his name? Alex. Alex. Alex yeah. is this guy who was at like the the home with Aaron and yes. Linda, who was his girlfriend. Um, and Aaron tells, you know, Martin about him and they try to track him down. So like he and Goodman are walking around and, yeah. uh, they chase him through Chicago and it's like a really nice chase scene. Actually. Yeah. I like yeah. it a lot. I know. They're tripping over homeless people and everything. Oh it's man. Like, Dude, uh, yeah. be considerate. Come Ex- on. I know. Like the whole thing. It's, it's also just, I mean, I took that as more like even a commentary on just, you know, like the, I mean, obviously Martin, Martin Vale, rich and powerful. Yeah. And, it's not enough for him to like, you know, lord his wealth over everybody. He actually has to come through and like ruin your fire. Right. R- ruin yeah. your shelter. Rip your tent apart. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Him and, and to watch Richard Gere and Andre Brower sprinting through the city, like it's really happening. It is. Yeah. And they're not wearing the right shoes. You know, this, this would no, hurt these are like, like hell. Thousand I mean, dollar loafers. Exactly. Man. Yes. And they're just like, <laughs> and, and you see like both of them actually running down these stairs and everything. And it's not stuntmen. Brower is great in this film. Yeah, he's really he good. He's so good. I love Andre Brower. He, he's he's so cool. Like at the time, Homicide Life on the Street it was like the precursor of The Wire. I, yeah. Man, yeah, so yeah. good. Dude, Um, and and he's like, is he an ex-cop who works he's for He's an Martin? ex-cop who's now an investigator. Yeah, so yeah. like 
he he's got Alex in handcuffs saying he's gonna arrest him and stuff. Holy he's shit! Like, you can't arrest me. I know, <laughs> and you know, good on Alex for saying so. Yeah, you right. Know? I mean, like, god damn, dude. I mean, Martin and Tommy, they 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 kidnap Alex. Yeah. Pretty you know, much. I mean, he it's it's outrageous. I mean, like the whole point of lawyers, they're supposed to protect citizens from crooked cops. And now this lawyer is doing the exact opposite. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, and, and Alex is obviously underprivileged. And, you know, like, right. And I know he hit Tommy when they were like in the apartment together. But the nerve of this, I mean, like, it's just it. that right, was his yeah. only move. Yeah, I guess it was. Um, So they question him. They're like, what? Wh- why were you in that apartment? Because. When, when he did go to the apartment to look for evidence, like, he showed up and punches him, right? So, yeah. So it's like, why were you there? Why'd you hit me? Um, and he he finally explains, you know, I had to get the tape. There's sex stuff. And they're like, what? Sex stuff? Which you could kind of see coming. Yeah. At least I did, because yeah. I know what kind of movie I'm watching. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he tells them that there's a sex tape, basically. And that uh, the, the archbishop would tell these other people what to do uh, while filming it. So like Aaron and Linda and Alex would be there and uh, the archbishop would be directing it. Yes. You know, take her shirt off, you know? Yes. Do this, do that. Um, he would call it purging the devil. After he gave a 10 minute sermon, he'd tell you what to do. It's, um, it's disturbing, obviously. Yes. And it's, uh, you know, whoever carved that, uh, those numbers into his chest you know they 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 had they had ample reason to to do so i mean yeah. like he yeah he, he's shooting a porn tape for his own gratification yeah even if he's yeah. not taking part in it obviously like he is taking advantage of like the kids who are at the savior house who right. have come to him you know just just again just just like he was treating the citizens right. like trying to get them off their their land essentially yeah um, he's doing the same. He's taking advantage. And they, uh, they say they do it over and over again, and he just tapes it over yes. the same tape. Right. Like, he doesn't have a collection of it. Right. But he just replaces the last one with the new one, basically. Yeah. Um, like, I, I I can't imagine this guy isn't doing this to other kids. Of course or he is. yeah. people or getting involved himself. Like, I can't, I can't believe he's not doing this. I mean, yeah. This cannot be the extent of it. It, It's got to be more than this. So they find the tape, and now they've found a motive for Aaron to be killing people. Yes. Um, Yeah, here's your motive right here. Right, right. Yep. And then Martin employs one of the weirdest legal strategies I've ever seen. Um, He's thinking like 10 steps ahead here, isn't he? I mean, and it's just like... It was kind of brilliant. Oh, it is. Go go ahead and, and say what it is. But yeah, it's I mean, brilliant. yeah, it, it's it's just that like <laughs> he he essentially he knows that he can't introduce this into evidence because like you said, it's going to give like Aaron motive for killing the bishop. Mm-hmm. So what he does is he has Andre Brower go to Janet's house and like anonymously deliver the tape in an unmarked uh, envelope to her. Yeah. Um, and she watches the tape. And she immediately knows that like this came where this came from, and she calls Martin. And also, yeah. the tape was illegally um, proffered. Yes, uh, they, they like uh, Andre Brower went into the herbs. Actually, uh, Martin himself yeah. went into the the crime scene yep. and um, replaced the tape with with like a blank one. Yeah, you know, he even peels the label off and yes. puts it back on the other tape. Yeah, which guys, it's not that easy to pull those off if you Man, remember. No, it was not. It, that, that, that was the most seamless label rip I've you ever seen. You had to put another label over. Yes, that's what you had to do because there was there was like you know, and and your hand was sticky the rest of the day. Yeah, 
<laughs> because of the tape, everybody. <laughs> yes. Well, the no. the label, yeah, not can, the tape. Exactly. Right. Oh, my All God. All right. Anyway. Yes. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he gives it to her to submit into evidence yeah. so that they can play this other angle. Yeah. And, you know, they meet at this bar mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> like, and it's it's one of my favorite Laura Linney scenes because like yeah. um she she is so at ease in her character um she looks right at uh at Martin and he is they're going over the case and he's all of a sudden goes like starts starts talking to her in a romantic way again yeah cuz he's just smitten by her yeah i i don't think i think at this point he's he's fascinated with her he wants to be involved with her that's how i feel uh, okay, that it's sincere. Like, like it's a sincere attachment he has developed for. I I believe you. I I think I agree with you on that as well. I just think that what she says to him about like how your timing can be so good in a courtroom and so bad in real yeah. life is yes. true. I wrote in, that down. Yes. Yep. Okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he because he asks like because they're they're really intense arguments they're having. Right. Maybe not arguments, but intense conversations about the case. They're opposing and attacking counsel. each other yeah. basically. Um, and he asks if she wants to like get together after it's over and she just rolls her eyes again. Like, are you kidding me? I know. You know? Yeah. And she's only 92%. Are you kidding me? You know? <laughs> yes. And I think Laura Linney's excellent because you can tell, you know, just the way she is acting. Yeah, like, of course. Yeah. She, she's really fucking fed up with this guy right now, but there's a tiny little bit that's like, okay, maybe. Yeah. Because yeah. she wants it to be like, um, ideal. Yeah. You know, she, she would like it if Martin was a nice man. Yeah. Um, and she, cause she has feelings for him, but she knows the other side of him and you know, like the, that he'll never change. And that is, uh, right. That sucks. Yeah. She's afraid of it. She's yes. afraid of the feeling she has for him. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, and by this time now, like they're, they're di- uh, in when Francis McDormand is um, like, you mentioned the, the whole Aaron Roy thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she has not told Martin, you know, about the, the, the split personality. No. It, I mean, there's a lot of editing going on in the film. Yes. Uh, it might not be uh time. Uh, the timeline might not be oh, yeah, completely yeah, exactly. right. yeah. accurate, uh-huh. right. but yeah. yeah. Understood. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. No one knows except right. Molly, really. Right. So, so then Martin comes to the jail. He wants to like tell Aaron, you know, what that yeah, he knows he's about like, the tape. We got the tape. Exactly. We find out about yes. the book. All the blood. All this stuff. He's going off on him. Right. He yeah. tells Francis McDormand to get lost. Tells Molly to get lost. And uh, you know, like she's waiting outside while he while he essentially just you know like berates Aaron. Yeah. Um. To the point where. Aaron like gets on the ground or he like turns around and like has his head against the wall and he's like, like kind of like bashing his he's own head, his head against exactly. the wall. Yeah. And Martin keeps yelling at him, calling him a little shit and a liar and you know, fuck you and all that stuff. And, yeah. and, uh, that's when the transformation happens. Yep. He turns into Roy. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a real transformation. Like, yeah. The body language completely changes. Right. Uh, his tone of voice, the way he speaks and holds himself, the way he talks, everything is different. Yeah. And Richard Gere's kind of just like, what? What's happening, <laughs> yes. dude? Because, like, Roy goes over and, like, starts to manhandle Yeah, he's him pushing him against the wall and yeah. slapping him and right. stuff. I mean, yeah, full-on, like, open face, open hand yeah. slap. I mean, like, he just doesn't even, like, hold back. And uh, he, he like, kind of explains, you know, what the deal with, with, with 
Aaron is. He, he says, well, so where's Aaron? He goes, well, Aaron's off crying somewhere. Cause you know, you, you yelled at him yeah. and you know, when he gets in trouble, he calls me and then he admits yep. Roy admits to the murder. Yeah. He, he admits to it. And he says, if Aaron didn't fuck up and he stuck to the plan, we wouldn't be in this mess. Yes. He's really playing up this personality, uh-huh. dude. Right, right. And he's even like, like Aaron's all really coy about everything with like his girlfriend and having sex and stuff. And Roy is not. He's like, <laughs> yeah, Linda, everyone had a piece of her, man. Oh, like man. he's just going off it. And it's the total opposite. Exactly. Aaron it, it thought he was, his, thought, thought she was his girlfriend. It was some sad shit. You yeah. Know? <laughs> that was some sad shit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and like. Um, <laughs> Martin Vale picks up on this like he he kind of gets it he's like oh my god right I, I should have pled insanity and that's when Francis McDormand walks in and yeah he Martin realizes that the guy is yeah. insane yeah right before she walks in like uh, Martin's just like who who are you? And he's like, oh, I didn't introduce myself, man. I'm Roy. Sorry. And he like, yeah. shakes his hand. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and then Molly walks in and says, Aaron. And he kind of like go reverts back to Aaron. Right. Yeah. And, and he and has. He, the- yeah. Like he like kind of like collapses slowly yes. against the wall and into like a fetal position. And his eyes roll back. Yeah. And he's like, he's coming back to, I guess, his like his normal state. Yes. You know, Um. And he, he lost the time. He doesn't know what just happened. Right. Yeah. It's a really scary scenario as far as like if this was happening to somebody. Yeah. Like I know, can't even imagine this. It's it, that you have like, like seriously, like your brain thinks you're two people, you know. Um, and you don't know you're and, like that. Exactly. Yeah. And and, and you have no memory of the transformation um, and right. like nothing anybody can do. Even if they were to show you footage, you you know, you, you just, you'd have no... Uh, recognition of it right it's frightening yeah um yeah so now they know this is what they're dealing with right and they have to figure out a way to like introduce aaron's insanity into the trial without pleading insanity i guess you can't change the plea in the middle of the trial yeah and this was my first exposure to that rule um like this 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 movie you know had like a lot of firsts for me as far as like legal I don't know how the game is played, folks, yeah. but I feel like they're playing hard and loose here with the the rules of the court system. Oh, is that right? Like, I don't know. I feel like they're they're doing whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> These lawyers, you know, yes. well, <laughs> they're pushing lots of boundaries. They're well, they're they're doing things they're not supposed to do, and then they get a slap on the wrist, and they they're it's okay, keep going. Well, I know you know th- that part of it like always has bothered me. Is, yeah. th- is that like. Martin does exactly what they tell him he can't do. Yeah. He he defiantly does it. And then the lawyer's like, okay, one more. Or the judge is like, all right, yeah. one more try. I'll yeah. give you one more warning. You be very careful, Mr. Vale. Yeah. Well, okay, so what's going to happen to me? <laughs> I, 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 right, I, yeah. I just, I just you totally You said you were going to take the... my Nintendo, but you didn't. <laughs> exactly. I'm just going to do it again. Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you, you're right about that. I mean, like the, the standards of the courtroom itself... And I mean, they're, they're not upheld, but I right, think yeah. that like the, the things they're saying that you're not supposed to do, that's real. Right, it's just yeah. that they're allowed to do them somehow. Right. Yeah. You know? She does hold them in contempt for $10,000 at one point, exactly. which I do like that. Yeah. That, that's a nice thing. Um, <laughs> and, 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 oh man, I, I would have loved to have seen him. And she, she at one point threatens, threatens to disbar him too, oh. which would be just, just fantastic. That would you know? be lovely. Yes. <laughs> There's, there's like after this, there's like a a great scene of him in the bar with that reporter again. Yeah. And now, 
Marty's getting like shit faced at this bar now, like because he just went through this whole thing with finding out Aaron is Roy and Roy is Aaron, uh-huh. and the case is falling apart. Like he doesn't know what to do, so he's out there drinking, and the guy's asking him questions still. Yeah, and he's 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 letting him do it because I guess that's what he likes. Um, and he says, "How can you defend someone when you know they did it?" And he goes on this whole thing about you think it's for the money, don't you? Well, you think it's because I like the magazine covers, right? And he's like, no, because I believe people are innocent until proven guilty, which I thought was total bullshit. He says yeah. he thinks that there are some very good people who do some very bad things. See, that's true. Yes. Um, and in and fundamentally, I agree with him in that, like, I don't agree. We, we've talked about we, we don't hold to, like, you know, think that mass incarceration is a good thing for our country. Of course not. It's pretty bad. Yes. Um. I, I I think that he's right that that we we everyone is entitled to a defense obviously yes and even in a system that's as broken as it is um, it's the only one we've got at the moment so we have to play yep and uh, unfortunately what what I what I wish he would uh, what I'm sure what the reporter probably thinks too and even though he doesn't tell him this is that like you have now made all this money mm-hmm. you have more money than you could ever spend. So if you're taking this case pro bono, that means you could afford to take a lot of other cases pro bono. So why don't you start defending uh, like the people in Joey Pinero's neighborhood? You ah. know, how about you do that? Yeah. You really care about people? You really think that like, you know, you can do some good in this world? Yeah. You know, have at it. And then he says to the reporter, and if you print any of this, I'll sue your fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay, yeah. <laughs> And then he gives that that great Richard Gear like purse lipped grin, uh-huh. you know, which is just yeah. like it's it's incredibly handsome and also totally sinister. Yep, you know, and it's in all of his movies, you know, wh- yeah. wh- whether he's and it's not his fault what he looks like, but but it's just <laughs> like he has that weapon, you know, which is that that face. This guy has an arsenal. Yeah, of he weapons. does. He does. Yes. <laughs> um, and after this, he's telling his team, you know, like. Hey, we've got to try to figure out a way for the court to see he's quote unquote insane, you know, right. we, we so that, that we can get a mistrial or we can do something and like he won't get the death penalty, you know, so you got to figure something out. And he says like he's telling them and they don't they don't believe him. They're like, man, this guy's crazy. Like yeah. nothing. And Richard Gere says, I love this is one of my favorite things in the movie. He says he's one sick motherfucking boy man who's been <laughs> fucked around his whole life by his father, by his priest. This kid does not deserve to die. And it is our job to make sure that a jury believes that he doesn't deserve to die. I, Bravo. I botched dude. it a little bit, but his delivery is excellent there. And at one point, like right before he gets into the, to, to the line that you said, yeah. he, he looks at Andre Brown and goes, he goes, Tommy, you're so fucking full of shit. You were not there, man. And then he goes into the, the yeah, thing that dude, you just said. It's yeah, so it's good. great. Yeah, God, he's really passionate, and he he actually does like want to help the guy. Yeah, um, and he feels um like this is him actually showing some virtue. You know, he he yeah. he wants to make sure that like Aaron goes to a psychiatric hospital where he can be taken care of. Yeah, yeah, I I think that's why I love it so much because you can feel the honesty in it. Yeah, the truth. Like he, this is his truth now. He's seen what happened, and he needs to help him. Yep. Um, yeah, and like Mar Tierney is not having any of it. <laughs> Andre Brower's like, nope. I know. I, I know. He should yell at him again. Yeah, because they, they they deserve to get yelled yeah. at because they're they're being a little too cynical. Yeah, and they're you know? cracking jokes. I know. You can't do that. <laughs> 
But they also like, uh, in addition to this strategy they have to employ to like get the insanity thing going, they also like Martin Vale wants to tear the cover off of this real estate scam. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> because his friend, Joey Pinheiro shows up, uh, dead yeah. in the Harbor. Yep. Um, he's been shot and no one says exactly who did it, but it's implied heavily that like Shaughnessy's office had something to do with this. Yeah. He yeah. must've been shot by the cops. Yeah. Something happened. Yes. Um, in open court, uh, <laughs> he, <laughs> he does something I, can't, I, love I still can't believe Alfred Woodard let him get away with, <laughs> which is that like, he just, he, he puts Shaughnessy on the stand and he reveals to everybody you know, essentially, he accuses him of having killed Joey Pinheiro yeah. in retaliation for him, his real estate thing, going belly up. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, it's outrageous, <laughs> even though it definitely happened. Like, you know? the court goes wild. Of course. Like, everyone's like, what the fuck is that? Even yeah. the judge is like, all right, stop, uh-huh. we're done. And, like, everyone's riled up, walking around, screaming, and, and he leans in to Shaughnessy and says... That's for Joey Pinheiro, you little shithead. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and John, John Mahoney does, does the whole, like, also, like, off mic. He just, you little cocksucker. Yeah, I mean, dude. It's, oh, my God. It's, it's so great. good. He, he just, like, John Mahoney is having a great time, like, like really yeah. laying oh, into people. He's in this doing movie. it. And, yes. uh, and then Terry O'Quinn comes up to Laura Linney and says, start looking for another job. Fuck you, man. <laughs> Fuck you right down. Dude, everyone's the- fucked in this. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I, I just, man, the idea <laughs> that, that like, so, so now she did exactly what she was supposed to do. Right. Yeah. And because you guys fucked this up, like, like you, the, the archbishop, t- you know, t- pour, pulled the rug out from underneath you. She is going to, like, take the fall now. Right. Yep. That was their plan the whole time, I think. It had to be. Great system, everybody. Yeah. Like, Great, if she wins, you know, cool. Everything is good. If she loses, it's her ass. Yes. Yes. Man. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, God. It sucks so bad. Uh, dude. You know, if you, do, if you do the right thing, it always costs you. Yeah. Um, and the people in power just are completely unaccountable. I mean, John Shaughnessy <laughs> had someone killed. <laughs> and uh yeah and he is not going to face any consequences alfrey woodard essentially tells you know like martin vale you ever do that again your ass is on your ass is out right you know? this is where he gets the fine exactly and, and they have to strike all this from the record because it has nothing to do with anything it truly has nothing like, to do it, with maybe the like the tiniest little bit but not much at all i mean it's he he i don't even know how he squeezes it in Right? Um, because be- he's on the committee with the archbishop. So he's, that's his line of question where he goes. But ultimately, it just leaves all this case behind. And it's just like, you know what, motherfucker? You're <laughs> killing everybody because you're a corrupt official. He just doesn't... It has nothing to do with it. It's, <laughs> it, it's pretty outrageous. That's what know? I'm talking about. Like, this courtroom is running amok. I know. I know. It's like Tombstone. <laughs> and, uh, and, and before this happened to, um, like... Uh, Janet had introduced the evidence of the tape in yes. court. Um, she has uh, Andre Brower on the stand, and and one of the funnier moments in the movie, he's, she says, uh, "Mr. Goodman, have you ever been to my apartment?" He goes, "Um, allegedly." <laughs> it was a great callback. It's great. Yeah, really good stuff. Yeah, earlier in the film, he was using allegedly wrong yeah. also. And so. <laughs> Yeah, because Martin told him he needs to get allegedly into his vocabulary if he wants to be a lawyer. Yeah. And so, yeah, he brings it out here. Um, and <laughs> While he's on the stand. 
in the wrong context. When he's asked a direct question, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but the, the, the secret is out. Everybody has seen the tape now. Yes. And, and, yes. and after that is the whole Shaughnessy thing. And at this point, like, the, the trial is kind of getting away from everybody. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the jury now knows that there's motive. Um, because they they saw Aaron in the footage, and um, yeah. now they know okay he was covered in blood. He was seen leaving the scene of the of the crime, and he was sexually abused. And he has a reason. Yes. Yeah. You know, so he he clearly did it. Um, so the only thing left to do is to like she she then questions um, uh, Molly. Yeah. You know, um, and Molly is is essentially you know uh, corroborating. The multiple personality, right? You know, disorder. Yeah, yeah, and they're getting shit. Well, because uh, Marty brings her on to the the stand, yeah. to question her, um, and the judge doesn't want any of this. They're like, "What the fuck are you trying to plead insanity now? You can't do this." Yes, um, and he keeps pushing and pushing, and they just like keep he does and do it, I, I and mean. then. Um, <laughs> And then um, the cross-examination happens and Laura Linney comes up and tears into her. I know. Like, so what's your uh, degree in? Oh, so you're, you don't practice. You're, and this isn't your field? Oh, and so your opinion doesn't matter, right? Like, <laughs> she just eats her alive on this stand, dude. She's so... <laughs> she turns into Martin Vale. Yeah. Like, she, yeah. she's so dismissive and, um, and really pompous. And, and it's yeah. great because, like, you know... She has, she's just been told that she's going to lose her job. And so she's already like, you know, kind of spoiling for it. Well, yeah. now she's pissed. Yeah. You know, now, now she sees like th- this guy who she, she really loves, but doesn't respect very right. much, like turning her career, like essentially using her as a pawn. Yeah. And you know, she's had it. Yep. And there's no tape. There's no tape. Yeah. They were taping it, but they didn't tape that part. Yeah. They, they oh, taped, how convenient. They, they taped yeah. all their <laughs> sessions and this one instance was not on tape. Yeah. You know. It's yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah. look good. Case closed, baby. <laughs> yes. Um, Actually, not. It keeps going. Exactly. The next because day, they, they have to put Aaron on the stand now. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Martin comes with this line of questioning. I, I love how how it opens. He's like right up there next to him, and he goes, "Roy." Yep. Oh, Aaron. Because he's setting this up. Yes. His whole strategy, this uh, part of the trial, is that he is going to like somehow get. Aaron to morph into Roy. Yeah. Um, so that like the jury can see his condition. Yep. So he's going to try and provoke him to do it. Yeah. And he covers the mic with his hand and he just like starts threatening Aaron, you know, mm-hmm. just quit crying. You little girl, be a fucking man, yeah. you know, like threatening him. And, uh, it, that's not working. And eventually, uh, Janet has to question him and she starts out with, uh, like her method is to try to be nice, but eventually, um, yeah, it it goes pretty. It goes yeah. south, and it it's the same as when he was being interviewed by Molly. Yeah, uh, the questions he can't mentally handle these questions because the, the the trauma that he's been through, and eventually it builds up. Laura Linney is pressuring him more and more and more, and eventually Roy comes out. You know, she says to him like, you know, if if someone did that, I saw what was on that tape. If someone did that to me, I would kill them. I would stab them oh, seventy eight yeah. times. I would cut their eyes out. You know. Yeah. Um. Edward Norton stands up in the box 
and says, where are you going, bitch? His whole demeanor yeah. changes. Yeah. And uh, Roy has come out. He hops down onto the ground. He grabs her by the neck and kind of puts her in a rear naked choke. Uh-huh. Um, he elbows the the, the bailiff yeah. in the face. He hits Marty. He's holding all the cops off and has got her in like a in this chokehold. Yeah. And uh, and everybody sees it. Yeah. Th- th- this this like and he, the Aaron persona is the most mild mannered. You know, like you said, Southern kid. Yeah. And he's shy and reticent. He doesn't talk very much. And when he does talk, he has a stammer. Um, it's like the opposite of what, what we're seeing right now in the courtroom. Yeah. We're, this is a, turned into a Royal Rumble, dude. It does. Like, I know. Exactly. Like with that elbow and uh, the oh chokehold. Like yeah. he, his, he's got like actual like moves in this fight. I think there was a turnbuckle behind him. It was insane. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> that one guy went through a table. <laughs> the Dudley boys, exactly. Yeah, right? up. <laughs> Tell in the cell. Um, but yeah, so the bailiffs eventually like tackle him and get him on the ground. Yeah. Um, and the situation is is uh, averted. You know, nothing happened to Laurelyn. And, you know, a little chokehold, bruising maybe, but yeah. that's it. Yeah. She's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, and now they're meeting in the chambers with the judge. The two lawyers here and the judge is saying basically everything's fucked now yeah. and I don't know what she says, but basically we can't prosecute him. He's got to go get evaluated. Um, thanks for wasting my time. <laughs> yes. She's pissed. I know, exactly. <laughs> She's not having any of it. She's great, man. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's essentially... They won, like Martin won, because like the, right. if, if there's a good chance that he's going to be evaluated and the, the profile is going to be, he needs to be in this psychiatric hospital for a period and then he's going to be released. Right. Yeah. Um, and and uh, the judge leaves like, I'm going home. Yep. Peace out, bitches. I don't want to see you again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She it. has had this trial. <laughs> I swear to God. Like, <laughs> but um, so the two two of them are in the, the chambers there and they're talking about it and, you know how bad everything is and all this. And Richard gear tries to comfort her, right? He, he's trying to, trying to swoop in again. And he's, he's like, got his arm around her. He's clutching her, embracing her from behind. He's embracing her yeah. around her torso. There. Yeah. Like uh, he's hugging her yeah, it's, from it's... behind. And she's like, no, no. She says no a couple times. And he does stop, which yeah. I appreciated. Okay, so no meant no only after 14 times. But <laughs> yeah. whatever, Richard Gere. God damn it. But, you know. <laughs> she, but I think she did kind of appreciate that he was trying to comfort her. Yeah. But she's just like, dude, your timing. I know. Your exactly. timing is your awful. Timing is, what? We already established this. If you wanted to like, you know, because <laughs> in, in the courtroom when he, he like, he grabs her away from, you know, uh, Aaron. Yeah. And he like, he looks like he's genuinely concerned about her well-being. Right. Yeah. And in, in that moment, she, and she, she takes it that way too. She's like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. You know, and it looks like, okay, he actually does care about it. And I think he really does care about it. And he wants to be with her as much as she wants to be with him. But he cannot stop being Martin <laughs> Vale. You know, and it's, and it's really yeah. frustrating. He's a scoundrel. Be- and it's weird because like, you're always rooting for these kids to make it. You're not rooting for these kids to make it because, like, you know that it's going to be hell for Janet. I want a sequel where they're a, a lawyer team couple. That's what I want. Okay. Um, now, now, what is the characterization? Has has Martin seen the way? 
No, they're they're still the same. Okay, okay. <laughs> but they're trying to work it out. So they have great physical chemistry, and that's it. I don't know. There has to, I haven't I haven't fleshed out the script yet, All right, Dave, okay. but uh, I'll work on it. Okay, fine. Very well. All right. Maybe maybe they have a guy with maybe it's um maybe they're in the next split movie. They're the lawyers in that movie. Oh my god. What? They're now in the, <laughs> Wow. Okay. Um well, I wasn't prepared for that one. Oh, I, I don't know. They're in the Shyamalan you, universe. You need now? at least two lawyers for that one. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah, it's kind of like the conjuring, you know. They're, <laughs> right. It's a family of lawyers. There you go. Yeah. Right. They're like the Warrens. <laughs> um, but yeah. So they, they they don't kiss. They don't do anything. He leaves. Right. He's like, okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to leave. And he leaves. So the movie's over, right? It's gum over, dude. Yeah. I mean, all that's left now is just the, you know, got to give, you oh, know, wait. Edward Norton a hug. Oh, and, wait, and, yeah. You know, and that's that. Got to go see him. Got to go see Roy. I mean, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Got to go see Aaron. Right. 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 And so, yeah, Richard Gere walks in and Edward Norton's there. And he's like, all right, yeah, they're going to do this. You're going to go here and you're, you're going to get evaluated and... Get the help you need, right? You know, um, and then as he's leaving, Aaron says, "Hey, tell her, tell her, I hope her neck's okay." And and that triggers something in Marty. He's like, "Well, you said you couldn't remember anything. How do you know about her neck?" And then another morph happens here, where <laughs> Aaron turns right into Roy and reveals, "There's no fucking Aaron. It's been me the whole time, <laughs> <laughs> man." You. Oh, dude, and it this is a Kaiser Soze moment it for real, sure dude. Is, this dude. is yeah, awesome. No doubt. Good, yep. Good this analogy. is so good. <laughs> and he's just like, "Hey, man, we did it. You know, we did it. We're a great team. We're a great fucking team." <laughs> and Martin Vale's just like, "What the fuck just happened? Yeah, no, I got fucked by this guy. This guy played me." And and you know when he <laughs> when he walks around the corner and says, you know, like. I thought you said you couldn't remember. Well, how'd you know about her neck? And like Edward Norton just looks at him and does a slow golf oh. clap. He goes, well, and good he for gets you, that grin. Marty. Yeah. You know, perfect. Oh, it's really good. It's malevolent as hell. Because yeah. you know, like, I guess this gives us the opportunity to talk about like just the, the psychology of Aaron slash Roy. Yeah. Um, because it's a disturbing reality that people such as Aaron slash Roy really do exist. Yep. Um, when someone can kill with no guilt and they're this good at pretending they're someone else, um, there's a chance they could adopt a completely different persona and end up an authority figure, you know? Yeah. Um, and in some ways we don't have to imagine a world where this would happen because it's obvious we already live in it, you know? <laughs> Yes, it's you know, already happening. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like, I just, every time I watch this movie, I think about someone who is this like fiendishly clever and like, what would have been his, his strategy yeah, had is... like Martin not shown up. He would, he would have had another plan that was just oh, as I'm like, sure he did. you know, seamless. He is so intelligent. Mm-hmm. This guy, he's thought through all of this. Yeah. This is, and he played it like perfectly from the start. Right. He knew exactly where he was going and every string he had to pull and every person he had to toy with. Yes. He knew what he had to do. Yes. He even fooled the psychologist, you know? <laughs> Molly got got fooled. Uh-huh. Um, it wasn't her field, apparently, but so maybe that's why. But, I mean, but yeah. she's still a... a right. She's she, a she professional psychiatrist. She works in the psychiatric field. Exactly. She, and um, she was fooled completely by this, by this guy's performance. Yeah. Um, and then... 
Martin Vale just kind of walks out like in shock. Yeah. And you just keep hearing Roy shouting at him, yeah, man, we're good, right? You set me up. That was awesome. It was like we knew what to do with each other. It was like we were making music. Yeah. You know? And he's walking, just walking out like totally in shock from it all. And the, the movie ends with like this shot of him. It's a really high top down camera shot to the street. And it and uh, Martin Vale's real small, kind of just walking out of the building into the distance. And then you get another shot of him from the front, like stopping in the street, just in the middle of the frame and just like take, like just thinking. Yeah. And this guy, the, the whole trial was a lie. Everything was a lie. He was fooled and he's feeling the same way the audience is feeling. Right. Like we're all in shock. And he has contributed to, um, a person who a murderer being on the street again. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and for the first time it's really hitting him how often he's done this. Right. Like, yeah. you know, exactly. Um, for strictly for the money. Um, and in this case it wasn't, he, he did it for the, he didn't do it for the money. He did it for completely the other wrong reasons. And the guy was definitely guilty. Yeah. And he said, there's good people that do bad things. This guy was a bad person yep. that did bad things. Exactly. Yep. And now you got to d- live with that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, I at mean, least he uh, got famous. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, he's he's sitting there absorbing all this right. in the middle of the street. Right. And then it just cuts. It's it's an awesome last shot. Yeah. I mean, it, it really, the, the, the movie has, uh, the movie really has taught everybody a lesson, including its central character. And um, I, I, I like that when movies end this way it was kind of a charbonneau ending yeah a little bit you know because yeah. i mean like obviously we, we we thought we wanted aaron back on the street yeah we were all happy yeah. right we're like hey right. he he's he's gonna get help right we did it <laughs> yes we did it <laughs> we sure did oh yeah everyone in theaters they, they must have had a guy with a pole that could just hit everyone on the back of the head <laughs> when this moment happens <laughs> That's right, fuckers. <laughs> you didn't see that coming. Right. <laughs> Dude. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Good stuff. quite something, man. Um, anything else? Um, well, I, I saw this movie um, on a date. Ooh. Yeah. It was, it was, the date didn't go well. This was the best part of the date. So did you have bad timing also? Uh, well, I had no timing whatsoever. <laughs> I had no moves. I had nothing going on. Yeah. I, I, I drove. You didn't even have like a nostril hair of Richard Gere on you. No, I, okay. I it was the, the whole thing was a shambles. <laughs> okay. And, I, and I, 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 I picked her up. We saw the film. Uh, I dropped her off. Never saw her again. <laughs> it oh, was, man. It, it was one, it was just the, the, the weirdest evening where I, I would have thought that like, it wasn't like a, the most purgatorial date I've ever had because okay. I really enjoyed the movie. And I think she did too. And the two of us just like, had the most amicable, like unfeeling breakup where we just kind of knew this was not going to work. You know, yeah. I, I don't know why, I don't know how we, we didn't say anything to each other. It just happened. And that was that. At least you saw a good movie. I, exactly. I, I got a, I got a good nineties <laughs> genre uh, film out of it. All right, Dave. So would you recommend this movie? Absolutely. Yes. See primal fear. Um, it's, it's, it kind of bounces between streaming services and it's always around and just, just check it out if you haven't done it. Yeah. I picked it up at my local library. They had a couple DVDs. Nice. Definitely get it. If you can total recommend, yes. this is an excellent movie. Yep. And that wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show anywhere you get your podcast, rate it and review it. And most of all, share it. It gets more dudes listening to the dudes. 
And you can go to dudesonmovies.com and find anything you need right there. Yeah, we're on Facebook, Blue Sky, and Instagram. Look for Dudes on Movies. And our email address is dudesonmovies at gmail.com. That's right. And Dave, we have a question of the week. What's the question of the week? Uh, what are your favorite courtroom dramas? There you go. Nice one. There's a lot to choose from. Yes. And stay tuned next week when we do 1977's Pumping Iron, directed by George Butler and Robert Fiore, and starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. So until next week, I'm your dude Scott. I'm your dude Dave. And we'll see you next time.